Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Real-Time Resilience, Coping During COVID-19. We join Dr Denise Quinlan and Dr Lucy Hone, co-directors of the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience, plus invited experts as they share tips to look after your mental health and well-being during this time. Hello and welcome to Real-Time Resilience. Today we're talking about working from home during challenging times. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan, and with me is my colleague, Dr. Lucy Hone from the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience. Welcome, Lucy. Hi there, Denise. So, Lucy, we've been talking about this and realized that between us at the Institute, we've got about four decades of working from home experience. And for much of the last 10 years, you've continued to work from home while dealing with really tough stuff. Um, I think this makes you the Liam Neeson of working from home. <laughs> oh, God, don't be Daniel Craig. <laughs> well, but you can. But the truth is you have developed a very particular set of skills. And I think leaders who are trying to support and lead their teams during this period would benefit from hearing them. Um, so, Lucy, you've identified three particular issues that we need to be aware of and address. Do you want to talk us through those? Yeah, so just to give you um, the three basic, I think, really key insights that everybody, every leader of a team, every manager needs to understand right now are, I'm just going to frame them up like this. The first is exhaustion. The second is a futility And the third is the diverse experience of each of our um, staying-at-home lockdown environments. So you and I had a bit of a brainstorm, didn't we, about the questions that we had received from our clients who are all endeavouring to adapt to this new normal. We knew it would be challenging, but actually I think what people fail to grasp all too often is that it's not just about working from home. It's about working from home in exceptional, overwhelming, pretty tragic, traumatic global pandemic environment. And so that brings a um, certain skill set that I think it is really helpful to learn. So, so tell us. Talk to us first about that one, Lucy, that it isn't just suddenly that everyone's moved their laptop home and away we go. These are overwhelming and exhausting times. So what are the implications there and what do we need to do to be sensitive to that and work with it? So I think the first really important thing to understand is that we are all exhausted. The very nature of a pandemic on this scale, but any kind of traumatic incident. So I'm based in Christchurch. So we've had the earthquakes. We've had, you know, several years of large earthquakes. We've had the mosque shooting last year. And in between those, uh, my daughter and her best friend and mother were killed. 
So each time what I've really noticed in these events is that it's just exhausting because actually we're dealing with trauma, you know, very magnet, huge magnitude of change. And to a greater or lesser extent, we're also all dealing with grief. We've all lost our, our normal. You know, we've, for lots of people, they've lost their identity. And I have to say, every time this happens, um, when, you know, we are faced with a pretty sizable adversity, it takes me a couple of days to realize why I'm so tired. And then I go, oh, that's right. It's this again. It's absolutely debilitating. So I think from a leader's perspective, firstly, it's really important to understand that, that you are normal when you feel tired, but also then to have some empathy around the fact that your team members are going to feel tired too. So solutions, you're going to ask me about solutions, aren't you? So so given that we are tired, we're grieving, um, and that it's hard for us to focus, what do you suggest we do? What does a leader do? So the first um, way that I cope with that is um, one of the great gifts my mum gave me was that it's okay to take yourself off and have a quick lie down, sleep, you know. We're all working from home now. We can all actually do this now. I'm not suggesting you go to bed for the whole afternoon because probably not that helpful on the productivity stakes. But we often suggest to people that they have a a coffee kip, we call this. You make yourself a little short black, put that down your neck, and then go and lie down. And the great thing is that the coffee kicks in in 20 minutes which means that you actually don't even sleep for more than 20 minutes. And we know from people who are doing shift work, we know from pilots that a 20-minute sleep is one of the most effective things you can do to rejuvenate your energy levels. So um, so I think that's a good option. But the other way of working, the other thing I think is really important to realize is that we also find it so hard to concentrate. Is that true for you at the moment? Oh, yeah. Mm. And I think um, a combination of it's hard to focus and I seem to, I found recently that I was trying to focus on three things at once and that made it worse. Yeah. And we're bombarded by external messaging. We've got all sorts of internal noise going on in the house and people competing. Um, you know, we've got these competing demands for our attention. So during the earthquakes, we always openly talked about quake brain and um, and quake weight, funnily enough. But I think it is um, a, just a good acknowledgement to realise that that these kind of tumultuous times make it really hard to focus and concentrate. So one of the things you can do is what is called the Pomodoro technique, where you firstly have to identify some really priority important work. You set your timer for 25 minutes, work on that single task for 25 minutes, and then give yourself a five-minute break. Nice. Right now, take some flexibility around that. You might only manage to sustain... I do 20, I'm pleased. I was going to say. And, and the, the other thing you and I always talk about in our training where we're doing sessions around high-performing teams and engagement is actually knowing when your kind of peak performance time is and then identifying the important work you want to get done in that time. So you make what I do at this stage when I've got so much going on in my head is I make myself a list of the things that are on my to-do list, and then I just literally chuck them all down. And then I go through and go, actually, what are the top three that I really need to do today to make my day feel like a success? And then I'll give myself 
half an hour, 20 minutes, whatever it is that works for you to do one of those, take a break, pick up the next one, take a break. But this really requires us to try and be very disciplined around our um, the other distractions and those that we can control, particularly such as email and phone use. So you tried to call me this morning and I didn't answer. That's because I'd left my phone down in the bedroom intentionally. I needed to get away from it. Yeah, well done. Yeah. And and we talked earlier about me saying it's around, you know, we're working from home, but it's actually really helpful to have clear boundaries. I am not working in the kitchen. I'm not working in our shared social space. I'm not going to take work calls when I'm out walking. Mm. Yeah. yeah, barriers in time and space. And actually, my um, our eldest son did that for me at the weekend. On Saturday, I was talking to a work colleague, and I was sitting, you know, in front of the fire with everybody. Well, no, I said everybody. <laughs> There's only three of us in the house. <laughs> it's not a busy time. Just remembering, um, but he was sitting there, and I'm having this work call, and he glared at me, and he said to me, "Do you think you could take your work call outside?" And actually, I thought, well, good on you, because yeah. I am right in the heart of our home. So it was good little reminder for me about those boundaries. So, Lucy, I'm hearing we need to acknowledge we're all kind of grieving, tired and exhausted. And to get round, to, to be reasonable with people, allow people to take naps, help people identify when their productive time of the day is shut down the distractions and the competing demands and try and focus. Give yourself Pomodoro technique, focus for 20 or 25 minutes on one thing, shut out all the distractions and make it easier. Yeah, Yeah, and and I think the point in all of these um, strategies we're going to talk about today is that sadly I'm going to say to businesses you do have to accept and acknowledge that productivity is going to take a hit, a hit these few weeks you just cannot expect the same levels of productivity that you would from teams who are used to working together in a very structured office environment and I want to say and it's rude to you know I I have a, a family member in Ireland who was is in a sales position and his manager approached him the day before they went into lockdown to say, I'm giving you a warning because you're not meeting your targets. Okay, so that takes us beautifully onto this second insight that I think as I have learned to really understand raises its head at this time. So when you've got really big stuff going on in your life, which we all do right now, the truth, the sad, harsh truth is that so much of the business as usual kind of minutiae suddenly feels so irrelevant. I love it. You you said this to me about over a week ago now. Um, you know, you, you pointed out to me that everyone was in the euphoria stage of getting organized and buying paint and thinking of all the projects they do while they were in lockdown. Mm. And Lucy said, yep. And in another week, everyone will be feeling the futility. Yeah, so that's that kind of honeymoon phase of disaster recovery. And there was a lot of that going on on Monday and Tuesday last week. Um, And, you know, the next few weeks and months are the much more the hard work has to be done. So we have to be in this for the long haul. We have to acknowledge that it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
And I think the really great opportunity for team leaders here is the more you can approach this situation with flexibility and empathy, the better the long-term benefits that you will reap from your staff. So um, it, it does feel quite hard to be motivated, doesn't it, some of the time, Denise? And I think, Lucy, you know, you've been talking about the futility kicking in. And, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm, as, you were, as we were talking about that, I was thinking that last week, the rush of paint buying and projects was an effort by people to exert some control in a very uncontrolled situation. Yeah. And then partly this week, as people acknowledge the magnitude of the situation and our lack of control in some areas, that's mm-hmm. when I think the feeling of, oh, what the heck, it's all gone to hell in a handcart kind of kicks in and yeah, there's no point trying anything. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, that isn't resilient thinking. And I think it would be really good for you and I to do a session around anxiety, taming anxiety, preventing that kind of catastrophizing next week, because we all know that as time goes on, this is we're in quite benign bubbles at the moment. And I fear that that's not going to change. Yeah. So So if people if people are feeling if that sense of futility or what's the point is kicking in for a team what's your advice to the team leader to manage themselves and their people yeah so first for the team leader this is something i've been doing myself i made myself sit down the other day with my cup of coffee with a pen and paper and thought okay let's just consider the alternative of not working at the moment how would that feel and that was really good way for me to tune into the fact that i am actually really of course grateful to have a job i'm lucky to have work that is purposeful and meaningful. And um, and that disconnect in our house, and no doubt so many houses, of one of you working and the other not working is a real challenge. Um, let's address that at another time. So I think for, for yourself as team leaders, it's really important to find your why, to consider what it would be like to not have this work, and then with your teams to work really hard with them to ensure that they are really clear on the purpose of the tasks they are doing. So in that sense, I think you need to be clear on the overall big picture. You know, why are we doing this work? Um, uh, Tuning into your why is really important so that you can be explicit around why you ever show up at work. Is it because you love your family? Is it because, you know, you want to provide for them? Is it because you're paying your mortgage? Is it because you love your job and you're making a real difference? You've got to tune into that. Um, I'm reminded here of Dan Pink's work, Denise, where he did all those studies that prove that actually it's not money, financial gain that motivates us. It is if you're not earning sufficient money. But once you get to a level where money is no longer your absolute driver, it is only um, that sense of mastery, being able to learn new things, your sense of purpose, that actually you are contributing to something greater than yourself. Those are really the key drivers here. That's so important, isn't it? And I think we need to be thinking about how how the little things we're doing are contributing to the bigger why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, 
I guess the other thing, Lucy, that I, that's really important that you've outlined at the start for us is that although this period of Hewaka Ekenoa, we're all in this together, the truth is that our wakas can look different. There's different bubbles, different people at different situations. Say more about that. So I think um, first let's just um, state that for our international listeners, a waka is your boat. Um, and so we're all in this metaphor. This is a, a very well-known phrase in New Zealand, a waka ekanoa, meaning we're all in this together. We're all in the same waka. So I was thinking about this the other day and I thought, in many ways that's true, of course. We are all living in, with the same in the same environment during this pandemic. But actually... Um, all waka are not created equal. Not only are there different sized waka, and, you know, I'm really privileged to have this home office outside of our home, but also the people in your waka, you know, the contents of your waka are different. And so I think as for team leaders, it's really important at this time for us to realise, empathise with and acknowledge the diverse experiences that are occurring in our different bubbles. I know um, my partner was teaching an online lesson to med students, and I think their the average age is about 21. But one slightly older student, he said, was sitting, they're all on a Zoom call and can see each other on the screens. And one of the students was sitting there with a three-month-old baby asleep on her chest and a toddler wandering through the room. That's mm-hmm. a very different experience than most of her peers are having. Yes, or you know, that your husband has, because, you know, you and I are empty nesters who are used to working from home. We are, and some of our team, we know so well, have got lots of little people running around. Um, they've got partners who are also working. We're in different environments, different, you know, small apartments where people are tripping over each other so as a team leader to expect everybody to perform in the same way at this time is actually bonkers (laughs) so let's just remove that as a benchmark as I said earlier we're not in the office now different rules apply I know I was Lizzie I was thinking about this this morning as you know so what's my routine like and what do I do and what how do I make this work and I'm thinking um so I get up I have two cups of tea in bed I do a 30 minute meditation I go for a walk on my own in the bush uh and I think you're a bit privileged. <laughs> and I think like if I'm talking to any of my friends who've got small children at home, they just want to give me a smack. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. really? Do you know you're born getting that much time to yourself in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. So let's not arrange um, tea, compulsory team meetings at 8 a.m., <laughs> for instance. I think it is really important. We know, you and I know, and we were trained this way to understand that a cornerstone of resilience is mental agility and also behavioural flexibility. You know, we really have to be flexible in our thinking and acting right now. That is real-time resilience in action. So I think I would recommend to any team leader that you're really cognizant. Is that how you say that? Yeah, that'll do. (laughs) All the different people who make up your team. You know, you might have some extroverts who are really good and really, you know, loud and get themselves heard on a Zoom meeting. So how do you look after your introverts? What works for them? 
you and I have had this discussion and thought mm -hmm. that actually we've set up a Google Drive because we don't normally use Google Drive, but not only does it enable us to work, here's another word I can't say, asynchronous. 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 Oh, now I can't either. Asynchronous. Asynchronous. Oh, cough. That, that thing. We can't say. Leaving that one out for today. Yeah. It allows it allows us to work at different times of our choosing as yeah. well as together. Yeah, and also it gives introverts um, a platform where they can get all of their great creativity down and share it with others. You can do so on your own timetable. Um, and, and the other thing I've been thinking about introverts, so. Why don't we set up a, um, a system where if you're all having a Zoom meeting, it occurs to me that as a good, effective, kind, considerate manager, if you know that you haven't heard some of your team actually contribute in that meeting, then just catch up with them later in the day and actually maybe explicitly say to them, hey, I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that meeting at some point later on today. Um, I know, you know, be aware and acknowledge the fact that not everybody is a kind of really fast on the moment thinker. Some people like to have time to dwell on their thoughts. And I think the, the other, the reassuring piece for leaders out there is that you don't have to be a mind reader and you don't have to know everything. This mm. is a perfect time for co-constructing a plan with your team by asking people what's going to work for you. Well, you've just nailed it because I think you and I always realize that in, in all of the research and all the practice that we see with all of the high-performing teams we work with, autonomy is absolutely key. So we know this from self-determination theory that being able to, to do your job in a way that works for you is really much better you know really leads to optimal performance mm. so i think at this time having giving your team members a sense of autonomy adds to their creativity as well you know give them an opportunity to learn new things to do things in different ways and actually we might even see some post-traumatic growth come from this which is probably a topic for another day. Denise. Yeah. And Lucy, so if we're thinking about um, self-determination theory, which has those three pillars of autonomy, competence, and relatedness, we've talked about autonomy. The competence piece, I'm, I guess I have a question for you here because on one hand I'm thinking it's really important to put people in situations with the equipment to be able to function at a competent level, mm. otherwise they're going to go crazy. Mm. Um, and the other side is how can we give people challenges to help them grow and develop competence yeah. in, in new areas of their choosing? Yeah, and I think this is a, a great opportunity to do that with some autonomy, to say, hey, you know, this is completely um, unique, really extraordinary circumstances. Are there some aspects of your job or ways that you actually fulfill your job that you'd like to give a go to now. So you're giving people that opportunity to freely explore different ways of doing things um, that are likely to really feed their soul and see them work at their very best. Mm. And do you want to share with people, Debs Abraham, our office manager, has uh, announced to us that she has her own COVID challenge, which we now have taken on and want to share more broadly. 
Yeah, so she was saying to us the other day that she's um, committed to doing three things during the lockdown, and that was one thing for love, one thing for work, and one thing for self. So, you know, that autonomy and growth, that learning, the mastery that comes as part of self-determination theory doesn't even need to come from your work, you know, but you can, it, need, it can come from what you do for your family, the way you connect with your friends, the way you, um, I don't know, learn a new recipe. We've certainly seen lots of people have some time. Here we're out of flour, so there's clearly some great creative baking going on in our country. So there's so many different ways to do it, and we always know that about well-being and resilience, that um, you have to personalise it. You have to work out what works for you and do more of that. And then, Lucy, with the, the, the last of those three pillars of um, autonomy, relatedness, and competence, if we come, that was the relatedness one. Tell us um, your thoughts on, on staying connected for teams in this period. Um, so in our organisation at the Institute, what we decided to do was check in with the whole team so everyone comes together on Zoom on a Monday. Fortunately for us, we're quite used to working on Zoom because our trainers are all over New Zealand. So we just check in with what our plan for the week is on a Monday we then have a hump day check-in on Wednesday, which is really um, short, sharp, top line. How are you going on? How are you getting on? Do you need any help? Um, and our kind of catchphrase is, let's stay out of the weeds. We're not getting into the minutiae. We're just doing the top line stuff check-in at this point. And then we have a, like lots of organizations, we have a Friday catch-up, which is Friday fizz. Doesn't need to be alcoholic. Do bring what you like but it's a no shop talk moment. So that works for us because we're actually all pretty autonomous workers anyway. We've been doing this for a long time. So just those three catch-ups for us is enough to maintain our relatedness. For other organisations who um, are not so slick and practice at this, you might well be checking in every day. But once again, I would urge you to understand that one size does not fit all. So your team might be operating in a different way to another team in your organization and right now I'd say that is a pretty smart thing to do and within your team what everybody needs won't be the same so really to understand that and empathize with that doing these things in the long run will definitely help mesh you together keep you together keep productivity up as best we possibly can and in the long run what we know is that you know teams that can work like this in tough times really were, are much more likely to stay together as the year yeah and actually I'm, I'm i'm thinking about research by cable and lee coming out of the us and around the world showing that the teams that have built psychological safety and trust perform better under stress and pressures. So let's do a session. Um, we've now promised sessions on psychological safety. Uh, what was the other one I can't even remember now that I just said, oh, let's do something on that. Anyway, we'll really want them down, luckily. Yeah. Um, so, Lucy, thank you so much for today. I think it's really helpful, and I'm definitely holding in my head the, the, the awareness that this isn't business as usual, and that means it's exhausting for people and tiring. We need to find ways of working that respect that and support people. The second piece that um, it's not business as usual, and it can be 
there can be feelings of futility. We need to really help people engage their, their why at the moment. Um, why, what's the purpose of what we're doing? And then I think really importantly, and I, I love that you've highlighted this for us, that we're, our walkers look very different. People are at different stages in their lives and they have different things going on. Some of them will have sick relatives. You know, we've all got different challenges and stresses and that all of that's adding up to one size doesn't fit all and we need to be, to be patient, we need to be kind. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I think the more realistic that um, team leaders can be now, the more gratitude your team members will have for you, meaning the more productive and committed they'll be in the long run. That's lovely. So thanks for talking us today to, to us today. Um, we've enjoyed, we hope you've enjoyed being here with us and we'll see you the next time. Take care. Bye. FM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This program was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.